welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Leadership and Engagement. I'm your host, Joseph Perez, graduate student leadership coordinator, and I hope everyone's staying safe out there during the COVID-19 pandemic, and you all are wearing a mask and staying safe out there. It is amazing how we are still currently in our sixth month of the pandemic, but we are here for you guys. Today's episode is going to focus on resilience and stress. Resilience and stress almost go hand in hand at this point. It's especially relevant during this pandemic. Most of us have been working from home or staying at home due to the COVID-19 pandemic, although we are slowly but surely starting to go out again and trying to establish a new sort of normalcy. Resilience and stress are key factors in determining our worth as leaders and also to help develop ourselves. That being said, today we have a very special interview with one of our resident psychologists on campus. Her name is Dr. Suda Wadwani, and the following is our interview. We talk a lot about resilience and stress and how us as leaders can develop and learn from this. I introduce our special guest for today's episode. She is a psychologist for the counseling and psychological services on campus, also known as CAPS. I'd like to introduce Dr. Sudi Wadwani. Dr. Wadwani, thank you so much for coming on. Hello there, I'm Dr. Suda Wadwani. A lot of people on campus call me Dr. Suda, um, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. So, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you and your office provide on campus? Because our audience, especially with, with the freshmen coming in, they might not be too aware of it. They might have an overview of it during orientation, but would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your office provides on campus? Absolutely. So I have been at CAPS at Montclair State for the past 14 years, and I am a staff psychologist there. Um, we're located at Russ Hall, even though now we're primarily located virtually. Um, we hope to actually reach more people this way, actually. Um, we do a variety of programming and provide a variety of services on campus uh, to provide support for students. Uh, so we're again located at Russ. Previously, we did a lot of outreach programs on campus as well. We run different groups, support groups, therapy groups, discussion groups all across campus in collaboration with other departments. Uh, we do a lot of outreach to student groups, student orgs. Um, we also do individual therapy, short-term therapy, an average of six sessions. We have psychiatry services, we have referral services, we have emergency on-call services. So all of our programs and services are, are now conducted virtually. So we are available for appointments. We are available for our Let's Teletalk drop-in hours. We have emergency services. We have a variety of our groups, some therapy groups, some drop-in um, discussion and support groups, which I'll talk to you more about. They're all available but now through a platform called Zoom. 
And we um, are still providing all the supports and really hope that students know that they're not alone and that there are resources available. I wish I could see everyone in person, of course, and I miss that. And I'm sorry I don't get to meet uh, the incoming freshmen in person. But what I've learned uh, over the last several months is you really can make a connection via Zoom. You really can make a connection online. And of course, we miss that in-person contact. But there is actually a level of, of connection I've found that you can make on Zoom uh, kind of up close and personal in a way that you haven't been able to or we haven't been able to do in person when on campus. And so I, I, the beauty of right now is we're not where we were in March where we were struggling with finding and adapting to these new platforms and new ways of doing things. You know, now we're pretty comfortable at it. And um, I, I think that um, all of our services, all that we do, the supports on campus um, are really, really helpful. And I really wanna emphasize that physical distancing does not need to be in place of seeking help or in place of social connection. We really want students to know that they're not alone, there are resources available, um, and we're here for you. Perfect, thank you so much. Now, you mentioned Teletalk, correct? And how mm -hmm. you're able to, you have these outreach groups and how you collaborate mm -hmm. with other offices on campus. Now, have you had an increase in people inquiring about your office, about the services you provide? That's a wonderful question. In the beginning, uh, in March, those two weeks of spring break, we very quickly shifted all the programs that were in place to telehealth. So we were able to do programs like Coping 101, like Mosaic Women, like Connecting Across Cultures, like Recovery Room, etc. We have several, several programs. I'd love for you to check them out on our CAPS website because I'm not able to convey all of them. But all of these programs and, and drop-in groups, discussion groups, uh, support services were immediately available. And so what we found was the students who were already connected and already going to these groups or had been to CAPS before at some point already knew CAPS, they were the ones that were really reaching out and utilizing the services. New students that hadn't come to CAPS before were less likely to do that in the beginning. But with outreach and with time, more and more new students are reaching out for our services. So already in the last few weeks with incoming students and students coming back to campus, they have reached our services. Um, we have, um, you know, of course, most of our students at our university are at home and they've been able to log on to our services from home. Uh, one thing that we found is some of our programs before 
that people were not able to utilize because of their schedules and because they weren't able to fit it in. Now, actually, because of other challenges, because they might not have been able to work or, or things were restructured in their lives, it opened up that time to be able to utilize some of our resources. So for example, my uh, sister to sister program that I run in collaboration with the Office for Social Justice and Diversity and um, EOF and the Dean's Office and some other departments, uh, we were able to have um, I can't remember the number, it was like 60 some students, uh, staff and faculty join that program. Whereas before there were many uh, people who might not have been able to. So there have been some opportunities to connect in that way. Uh, through these virtual platforms, we were also able to have international students or students that had to go home were still able to connect. Uh, some students that weren't able to uh, be at connecting across cultures because of their conflicting classes or other schedule uh, limitations now were able to join. So we have really been able to connect in, in ways like we have not been before and we're really hoping to continue that. We have been doing a lot of orientations. I will be doing a lot of new student seminar classes, reaching out to student organizations and visiting their virtual general body meetings. Um, so we're really trying to get out there and engage and connect with students as much as possible. We also have our student CAPS mental health ambassadors, our student leaders that are going to be continuing their roles at a more, um, in a more vulture, uh, uh, virtual way. Um, we're connecting with other departments um, to uh, reach out to them so that staff and faculty know of our services. Um, another program called Let's Teletalk. So it used to be Let's Talk. Remember those nine um, uh, times that we had locations we had across campus Monday through Friday? Well, no, they're still happening, but now they're through Zoom and um, you can access it from wherever you are, you know? So that's still happening uh, where you can drop in. There's a virtual waiting room and first come first serve, just like office hours, you can talk to one of our counselors during that designated hour. You just have to go to the CAPS webpage to our Let's Talk page. And there's a link for each of our hours, Monday through Friday that we offer. So now you don't need to come to that building. So in some ways we're able to reach and access even more students because you can log on from wherever you are. Beautiful. I mean, now that we're shifting over to an online format, it really, brings out the creativity in everyone and how we're able to access, uh, even talking face-to-face, -face, we're doing yes. it virtually. We're, you know, if, if we weren't in this situation, we would probably be having this discussion in your office or my office. Yes, yes, and although, yes, I do miss my office. <laughs> um, I, we, you know, what's amazing to me it is, you know, I'm so glad, Joseph, that you mentioned that because I feel this, this situation, which, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to um, 
over positivize it. You know, there is a lot of loss, uh, a lot of concerns about health, a lot of tragedy that has happened because of COVID-19. And I don't want to minimize that in any way, shape or form. Um, I think, however, that there is room to grieve and recognize the pain while also at the same time recognizing some of the opportunities um, that have occurred. And I think you mentioning creativity, we have really had to tap into our creativity, our resilience, um, so many parts of ourselves that, that we didn't even realize we had, you know, in order to adapt to this quote unquote new normal uh so we've just we've had to shift and pivot in ways that perhaps we never have had before or if we have in our past we've had to really tap into those strengths and that resilience to get through this and and i'm pretty amazed and, and impressed with how as individuals as a community as a campus um and as a society that we've been able to do that it's really it's really amazing to me yeah, absolutely. I mean, adaptability, I would say, you know, resilience, to me, it's more about flexibility, adapting to circumstances. Exactly. And some, I find that some people, some, they might not learn it or they might not have it in them, but mm -hmm. I feel like you can learn that, right? Like that, yeah. being yeah. able to go through hardship and experience hardship. Now, absolutely, with, absolutely. Mm -hmm. With the COVID pandemic going on, um, what would you say is the biggest indicator of stress or resilience for students coming back to campus, either in a dorming capacity or in a commuting capacity? Mm -hmm. Well, um, this time of year, the time of transition to fall semester is always challenging. You know, uh, it's a loss of summer. Uh, it starts to get not yet, but it starts to get colder and darker. Your schedule is changing. Um, so there's so much adjustment normally, right? Mm -hmm. And now that is exacerbated by this global pandemic with a lot of loss, uh, with health concerns. Some people are able to work and have a lot of stress and anxiety related to that. Some people are not able to work and are struggling financially because of that. Relationships have changed. Uh, people may be grieving. Uh, they may be taking care of younger siblings. Um, so many uh, disappointments for so many people have occurred. Uh, things that they hoped, things that they planned are now changing. Um, some people were used to more um, online platforms before. I actually think college students might be having a better time adjusting than the staff and faculty um, because I didn't even do Skype, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even do um, really anything virtual. I wasn't on Facebook. I didn't do FaceTime, none of that. You know, and so um, for people like myself who are more screen and technology phobic, uh, we have had to do maybe five years of learning in five months, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. I just the fact that I could get on and do this interview with you is like a miracle. You know, it's like a real miracle. And so um, I just want to say that different people have, you know, different histories, different experiences, different ways of adapting to stress and change. Um, and um, some, because of more privilege, you know, may not have had as many challenges and, and now are really building a sense of um, uh, awareness of many things. Um, their their resilience is, is really being developed, you know, while others may have been through a lot of trauma in their histories, a lot of uh, different experiences uh, that have been challenging. So they may have certain skills in their history to tap into, um, but also some people may have had uh, so many challenges that they're experiencing, and this is on top of that. You know, so every situation um, has its its challenges, its difficulties, its opportunities, um, and I think um, the fact that this is something we've never experienced before, um, we're all kind of figuring it out as we go, you know, yeah. and, and um, you know, otherwise before, you know, it, aside from first year students, even though it's a challenge uh, transitioning to the fall semester in the new academic year, it's something that there is like a foundation for a system in place. We've done it before. You know, there are clear ways of doing things in our planning process. Whereas now, uh, I think for all of us, like we literally are in this together. For all of us, we've never done a lot of this before, you know, and there's so much, the big word of, of the year is uncertainty, right? Um, there's so much that's unknown. Uh, we don't know how it's going. We don't even completely know the, the science of, you know, if you've had it before, it can get again, or the whole antibody stuff, you know, like there's so much we don't know, and we're trying to figure out as we go, and that's very naturally anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. one thing that I found is students that I've worked with that had previous issues with anxiety or depression and that were in treatment, um, I found in, in some ways they um, were at an advantage because they already had the skills. You know, they've already dealt with it. They've already learned to manage it. Of course, it depends how much treatment they've had, what their situation is, were they currently in a very challenging, unstable situation. You know, so many factors, individual differences, you know, are, are important. Um, but um, what I found is um, in some ways, they were able to cope with the anxiety of COVID in ways that other people were not. And, and many people who had not experienced anxiety in the past now really had a hard time coping with this because they hadn't ever dealt with situations where they didn't have control you know um, so um, I also find uh, students who were more introverted for example or um, 
or had difficulty or social anxiety or didn't want to go to classes uh, before were having a hard time uh, getting out and engaging. Now, actually, they want to. They actually realize how important it is and that they, they wish they had taken more advantage of that. You know, Montclair State students juggle a lot of stuff. You know, uh, majority commuters, working, taking care of family, still being a part of day-to-day -day life with family while also being in school, while also working. That's even before COVID. And now you have all those different parts of your life that before you could compartmentalize in a better way. And now, I think for all of us, staff, faculty, and students, now all of those multiple roles in our lives are in one setting. And that makes it more challenging. You know, so as a therapist, I'm sitting with a client and I have to let my dog out because the dog's got to go, yeah, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, so, you know, before I would be at work and the dog would be in the crate, you know? So you see this. Um, I think there has been an ability for people to let go of certain things in the way they haven't before. Definitely having to let go of certain expectations, you know, having to cope with many disappointments and plans falling through or having to change. Um, and also letting go of perfectionism. You know, um, we it, it just, you know, we have to kind of throw that out the window, you know, because yeah. we just have to kind of roll with it a little mm -hmm. bit more. I, I, read a, I read a quote, and I think it was very poignant. And the quote is, it might appear that someone is less resilient when, in fact, they're just trying to navigate things that other students don't have to. I feel that that quote is good because we're all mm -hmm. in this together. And some of, some of us might have a harder obstacle to go over than others. But Absolutely. When it, but when it comes to resilience, I mean, stress, anxiety, you know, a lot of students have that. I was suffering through it last night, actually, with my, with my capstone. I was stressing out over it. And mm -hmm. I, it leads me to my next question. Well, what are some ways to cope with stress? And as a leader, obviously, you know, you're, you're a leader in your office. I'm a leader in my office. Sometimes you get put into situations where you know there's a lot of pressure or a lot of things for us to do, and not a lot of time to get it done. So how how do you cope with stress? Very good question. Yeah, I was so stressed yesterday with my let's talk hours. I couldn't get the Zoom to work. It wasn't working. You know, it, it when we when we feel a lack of control over something and a lack of competence over something, it's very natural to feel stressed. Um, also, our foundation, you know, everything we know, um, all of our, our way of doing things are all, all changed now. So that, of course, is going to create instability um, and stress. So it's so important to set systems in place to control what we can. So, for example, methods of self-care, methods of exercise, methods of connect, connecting with other people to build that into your schedule and, and your routine. Now, I know COVID has really thrown off people's sleep schedules. People are now a bit more all over the place and nocturnal and you don't even know what time it is. So some of that is natural given this pandemic, but um, 
if in any way you can, you add routine to your life, that has really uh, helped me feel a sense of control and really helped with my own stress. To have some of those routines in place to set a structure for yourself. You know, also having a space uh, where you do your work. There, there was a time where I was kind of floating everywhere through the house, you know, mm -hmm. and then taking my stuff with me, you know, and then <laughs> And, you know, I ordered this $99 desk on Amazon and it has, <laughs> honestly, it's the best $99 I've ever spent. I assembled it myself. I have my area. I can keep my piles and my order in one place. Um, also, um, with, with sleep um, and with healthy eating, what's so important is, um, they're a really key foundation because if you don't have those things in place, other methods of managing stress really could be ineffective, you know? So as much as you can to, um, to take care of yourself um, is so, so important. And I can't emphasize that, that enough. Um, now the quarantine and now whatever this extension of, uh, should we call it hybrid quarantine? You know, that we're <laughs> in, um, you know, right? It's like, you're not that's, fully I out there and you're- I haven't heard those you like that? put together. That's, a, that's actually, yeah. a pretty good, that's pretty good. That's, that's a pretty good term. Hybrid quarantine, I coined that term. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's like you're 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 still seeing people, or you're trying to see people. You're tired of just being on screen and just in your home, so you're going out there, but with your mask, hopefully, and physically distancing. You know, so we're we're trying to figure that out. But as much as you can do that in safe ways, I think it is important to get out there and do some vitamin D. I think it is important to exercise. Um, I know people may not be able to go to gyms or rec centers like before, but set a routine for yourself. There are Zoom platforms where people are doing yoga together. Mm -hmm. People are still doing training. You know, I've been so amazed at our capacity to shift and pivot in, in this global crisis. You know, uh, when you go to different places, restaurants, different facilities, even the mall, you know, um, people have shifted everything. There's the, the plexiglass screens, the signs, the dots for the distancing. Um, it's it more, more outdoors, uh, you know, um, type dining and other services. Um, it's really, it's really amazing. It really is. I, I like how you sorry, I like how you brought up the gyms because I just read on the news yesterday that they're gonna open up the gyms September first. Wow. Twenty five percent capacity and everyone will have masks on. So I like I like that you brought that up because not that the gyms are opening up, that provides another avenue for students and other individuals to yes. cope with the stress, to release the stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm going to imagine that having a mask on and working out can be challenging. You know, I, I 
each person, you know, I have my views, you have your, your views, each person has to decide for themselves where their comfort is and what they feel is best for them. And, and some can do that with a workout video at home or, or music or Zoom, others can do it outside, others can do it in a safe gym. You know, we're all trying to figure out that balance of, of what's best for us. And I think as long as we do it safely, um, I think it's just so, so important to, to do that. Yeah, especially, absolutely. Especially with, uh, with positivity and what you mentioned earlier with the lack of control and stability. I mean, that, I never, I didn't think about it like that. I thought it was, that was a really good point that you made. Yeah. I mean, the, the lack of control, like most people like yeah. to be in control. They don't like being in the unknown. And that absolutely leads, that leads absolutely. to stress building up but they, you know it kind of like absolutely. goes into my next question like what are some ways to develop mm -hmm. resilience what are some ways to develop tactics to get through this stress mm -hmm. to, i know you can use it to build character so, uh, but, really mm -hmm. but what are some other ways to develop resilience yeah really good question. so that ability to uh, find your inner strength and prevail and get through difficult times. Uh, you mentioned the concept before of, of uh, privilege. Um, I do think that um, there is a range of um, people's experiences um, and um, their uh, need to tap into that resilience in their lives. And now is a time to really tap into that in inner strength of ours. Um, and um, I think developing a sense, really looking at your, uh, your meaning, your purpose, now is a time in this time of global pause to really uh, obtain some clarity. You know, I always said 2020 was the year of clarity. Mm -hmm. Little did I know, you know, that <laughs> now, little did I know. Uh, it now has really been a time to take a pause and, and really look at your life, look at the direction that you're going in. And I think the students that are going to survive this are, are the students, I mean, we're all going to survive this, but, but, but let me say the students who are, are going to thrive in this are the students who are really going to tap into their leadership potential, mm -hmm. um, are really going to engage, are going to use this opportunity to perhaps get involved in ways they haven't been before. There is a global pandemic and a racial pandemic out there. There is so much work to be done. And I think the opportunity for our students to really get involved, to really find meaning and find purpose. And that then builds confidence. It builds a sense of connection. Um, it gives you a sense of belonging uh, towards a shared cause. Um, and now is, is the time for it.
You know, um, it is the time for our students to lead, to make amazing changes in this world. You know, already I've seen so many structures of, um, of racism, of homophobia, of xenophobia, and I could go on, you know, now being challenged finally, you know, so many people who are more privileged are having these awakenings, right, uh, after George Floyd's death, um, that others, you know, have, have been like, well, yeah, you know, um, haven't you been listening to us? Uh, this, this has been our experience. And so it can be very frustrating, particularly for the Black community, uh, for BIPOC people, people of color in general, you know, to um, hear around them these awakenings when uh, they've had these experiences um, their whole lives, you know. Uh, but this is also an opportunity for major shifts and changes to happen on our campus, um, in our country, in our world. And the students who are really engaged in that, I think um, have um, the capacity to really uh, grow through this crisis. You know, we need that balance. We need to grieve. We need to feel the down days. We need to feel the anxiety. Allow ourselves to not be perfect. Allow ourselves to recognize that this is a hard time. Um, maybe uh, challenge some of our expectations of ourselves. Really watch how we talk to ourselves. Not be as hard on ourselves. Also watch how we talk to others, uh, be kind to ourselves and Absolutely. others. You know, I've seen I've seen compassion in a way I've never seen before yeah. as well. Deeper deeper ways to manage stress. You know, uh, yes, you need to do the breathing and the relaxation and the yoga and the exercise. But I think really tapping into that meaning and purpose and really engaging and making critical changes in your community, in your life, in your world, uh, that can really balance out, I think, some of the stress that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like how Montclair State, their clubs, they, they shifted everything online to increase engagement with their own communities and with the mm -hmm. student body, including my office as well. And you know, developing resilience, is, you know, it's not just you know, coping with the stress, it's, you know, adapting, being flexible. You know, we do, you know, some students, they're probably going through a tough time, either with food insecurity, housing, health, but it's important to not be upset about the things you can't change. You know, it's important to tell yourself that you can't get through this. The inner strength that you mentioned, Dr. Waswani, that nothing will stop you from getting to your goals. And absolutely, absolutely. And I think what's so critical there as well, Joseph, is reaching out to the resources available. So for example, with the food insecurity, the food pantry, the Red Hawk pantry on campus, you know, reaching out to uh, resources in the community. Um, as for support and connection, uh, we have a variety of groups that we offer, uh, particularly for students of color. I run a woman of color group called Mosaic Women, um, a group to um, meet people across cultures and, and uh, talk about our multiple intersecting identities, coping with 
all the isms, microaggressions, um, called uh, connecting across cultures. Um, we have a group called Coping 101, where you can learn coping skills to manage stress and distress. Um, we also have a group called Empathy and Connection, where uh, students can learn how to communicate across our differences, uh, to listen, to understand, to respect one another. Um, also, just to cope with the news and the headlines and on a day-to-day -day basis, all that's going on in our communities uh, with the racial pandemic, with daily occurrences, with ways we might be triggered just by looking at our phones every morning mm -hmm. and looking at the latest headlines. Um, so we really want to be available to our students and really want them to know that they're not alone and that these resources are available. Um, so, you know, all of these supports, our recovery room program, um, we also have, um, there's so much, our Agents of Change program, Sister to Sister. We still will be having Mental Health Awareness Week in the middle of October. So I think it, it in those areas where you're feeling out of control or disconnected, support is available to, um, to help you. You don't have to do it alone. That's perfect. I mean, I, I feel like in, in the case of leaders, right, you know, when they are stressed out, good leaders manage to use the resources they have at their disposal instead of going inward. And I like that you brought up culture. And it, it leads to my next question. Do you think culture plays a role in how we react to stress and resilience? Mm -hmm. I think culture and our multiple identities and aspects of, of who we are our ethnicity, our race, our age, our ability, our religion, our sexual orientation, gender, um, etc. I think these parts of who we are impact everything. Everything, how we breathe, uh, how we connect, how we engage, how we work, how we learn. Uh, uh, how we manage stress, everything, everything. It all intersects together to make us who we are, you know? And so knowing ourselves, learning about ourselves, allowing ourselves to grow, allowing ourselves to make mistakes uh, and soak in all of our experiences and build that recognition of, of how we tick, um, how we're impacted by everything, I think um, this is so critical, you know, and I, I do believe through this pandemic, particularly in the earlier months where, where we were quarantined, um, has have really uh, given us the opportunity to have to delve in more. You know, and learn about all those parts of ourselves. Um, and then even if people were quarantined with their families, um, connecting in a, in a whole other level, right? Um, mm -hmm. um, as as uh, 
before, I don't know if we've ever done that, you know, we've always <laughs> been out and about, someone in the family is always out and about, rushing all Hello. around, so it's really been an opportunity to learn about all those aspects of our, our cultural um, lives, our, our being, our whole selves, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yes, I mean, you know, with, with culture being a big thing, it's almost like a foundation on how you react to it, how you you approach and receive the stress and the resilience. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. It's I like mean, a worldview or a filter or lens with which we live in the world. We react, respond, engage, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the college years are such a time of growth in this area, mm -hmm. you know, uh, developing um, your uh, racial identity, you know, developing your ethnic identity, mm -hmm. um, your sexual orientation, um, your gender, you know, this is a time um, of great exploration and change, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a beautiful time, uh, but also can be a stressful time. Yeah. You know, because sometimes these intersecting identities um, don't smoothly connect together. They can even be in conflict, you know, or in conflict with your families or in conflict with society, you know, um, marginalized identities particularly. And so now is a time where I think um, the quarantine has uh, allowed people to delve in even more. Um, which I think is a wonderful thing and helps us achieve that 2020 clarity that we're talking yeah. about. In a way, it's a silver lining. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think it's so important to utilize resources as well. Um, it's a wonderful time to seek therapy. It's a wonderful <laughs> time to delve within. It's a wonderful time to connect with group uh, resources, um, that are offered as well um, and have these important conversations with with peers who may also going go through these the be going through these uh transformations i think this time is transformational you know mm -hmm. i i think uh the transition to college is transformational even before but i think particularly now um and 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 it really does tap into just to come full circle to the beginning of our conversation that adaptability and flexibility is as students are graduating as students are going into fields where um things really need to needed to be in person or or certain opportunities might not be available they're really needing needing to shift and and pivot uh, a bit um in their situation it's 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 a scary time it's a scary time in terms of job market it's a scary time financially um the opportunities are different um and i hope um new opportunities will develop but um there might be a time where things are are you know we're in the worst before better you know yeah. <laughs> people are losing jobs uh people are are naturally anxious about how all this is going to play out mm. you know um so it's even more important to connect with others and supports to um navigate all of these unknowns in our lives absolutely. right now absolutely right i mean i i read 
I have this metaphor, right? And it's about you know, training the mind. You know, if you want to stay healthy, if you want to exercise, you would train your body. You would lift weights to get your body into shape, right? And yeah. you could apply the same thing to your mind. You know, training your mind, you know, doing mental exercises, reading a book, staying educated. Because the, the brain Absolutely. has muscles as well. And you know, being able to exercise your mind and your body will make you a more effective leader to help you you know, I, I love that you said that so much. I love that. I love sports and exercise metaphors. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's so I mean, true. You know, uh, I have two teenage kids and they're both, um, uh, they're both athletes. And um, actually one's not a kid anymore. He's an 18 year old incoming freshman at St. John's as a soccer player. And um, I use, so I use sports metaphors all the time in, 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 as a parent and as a therapist. And you're absolutely right. You know, just like you exercise your body, your joints, your muscles and, and, and build them. Um, it is the same with your mind. Um, and I, I think one thing that's very important is, is how you talk to yourself. And you can talk to yourself in a way that can bring you down or can be very discouraging. Uh, or you can talk to yourself in a way that feels, helps you feel empowered, um, helps you build strength, helps yeah. you cope and manage stress, right? Helps mm -hmm. you overcome obstacles. And so the, the way that you think um, and the way that you treat yourself and talk to yourself can really impact how you get through a difficult time, going back to resilience and managing yeah. stress, right? Absolutely. So um, I think it's so important to look at how we talk to ourselves and so, but, we, but yet that's what we do to ourselves. Right, so often I hear students saying, I can't do this, I can't, I'm not gonna do this, or I, I, I suck at this, or you know, what am I doing, or I'm such a loser. You know, so I, I really think and ask, you know, that we all look at that. Look at how you talk to yourself and be kind to yourself. And you need to be kind to yourself and shift the way you treat yourself and talk to yourself and encourage yourself before you can do that to others. Of course. You know, you, you got to take that exactly. oxygen mask mm -hmm. and you got to wear the COVID mask yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> you can help other people. There you go. That mask. Make sure you have your mask on before you can help others. Yes. No, Absolutely. A lot, a lot right? of you have to be healthy first. So if there's one message, one takeaway, you know, from this is take care of yourself cognitively, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all ways, be kind to yourself, be loving to yourself, um, give yourself a break. Watch those expectations that you put on yourself and also nurture and fuel yourself. You know, um, we do that with our animals. We do that with our plants, but yet we expect, we do that with our cars, right? Oh, but yeah. yet we expect to go on and 
be the best that we're supposed to be and meet everyone's expectations, societies, families, our cultural expectations, our personal expectations that we've internalized from all those other sources. You know, we expect all this of ourselves, but yet we're not giving ourselves a break. And then we're talking to ourselves in all these uh, demanding ways. And so um, I really ask our students to really be mindful of that, you know, um, and, and take good care. Um, and speaking of mindful, you know, it's so important to practice that, yeah, you know, um, practice balance, practice um, taking time to sit and just be and plan and organize yourself internally so that you can be more organized externally you know make a plan for your day make a plan for how things are going to play out um and when you sit in in a non-rushed you know um peaceful way for a bit you know even a few times a day through the day and you think about what you have on your plate what you have going on before you um, and you be instead of do for that that time it can really help achieve that clarity a bit it can help kind of slow you down um, help you problem solve for your day develop a plan um, and kind of just you know breathe and 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 it gives you the strength i think to be able to tackle it one step at a time you know mm -hmm. um and and that brings me to you know uh, another point of i think what leads us to feel overwhelmed is when we try to tackle it all at once yeah. You know, we worry about the bigger things and the smaller things. And one thing I'm seeing from students a lot in, in my individual therapy and group work with them is a lot of oh, what's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen next year or what's going to happen with this or what, how am I going to do this, you know? And so I try to work with them on prioritizing their worries a bit there's so much to worry about right now right we don't know we don't know what's going to happen in may or june you know um i mean sure it's it's always good to have a vision you know it's always i always work with my agents of change students on like having vision a vision and having goals to then each day work towards intentionally you know so each day to make intentional choices that move towards your goals and towards your vision right and and now that is a bit thrown off would you say right uh, yeah I'm a bit. <laughs> no idea right it's hard to have a vision right now so it's almost like we need to if we had this vision right and and we had these goals leading up to the vision and let's say they were more fixed or set in stone before right we had a bit more of uh, what you call a closed mindset or a fixed mindset now we need to flex it a little you know so it's almost like all our 
our roads and our paths now need to be made of uh, silicone instead of concrete, <laughs> you know? Um, and so those who are able to adapt and flex, um, it's really going to do them a service right now, right? And I think those that have a harder time with that, I think it's an opportunity to work on that right now, you know, to work on, yes, have a plan, have a vision, but be more flexible in it. Maybe have uh, some options or some backup plans or broaden uh, how your your journey might look like, you know, um, and flex it, flex it a little. Um, have a plan. It was kind of like just like coming back to campus, you know, in order to prepare for coming back to campus, um, because we had no idea what fall was going to look like, we had to have a plan of whether we are fully online or whether we're fully in person or whether we're hybrid in between, mm -hmm. right? And we, we needed to kind of be prepared for all of those, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think at a greater level, we all need to do that for this next year, uh, you know? Dr. So Ohani, I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, sure. You were cutting off a little bit. Your voice is oh, oh, a little oh, Sorry. So I, I think um, we need to all do that a little bit of, of having a flexible plan or multiple plans or backup plans and mm -hmm. just broaden a little bit, you know, and, and be careful not to get too ahead of yourselves, you know. So um, students, if you have um, a to-do list of a lot of stuff that you have to do for tomorrow or for the end of the week, um, really set for yourself, um, even a to-do list kind of in your mind of what you worry about, you know, um, and, and focus on those things for today or tomorrow. Um, and then allow yourself a time later after those things are due to think about some of the longer term concerns that you have, you know. Um, and um, I know we say, you know, let's not worry about that until until we have to, you know? Um, and that's that's easier said than done sometimes, you know? Um, of course, it's natural to have worries. It's natural to have concerns. Um, but I think that we can balance that with support, with seeking resources and developing a plan, controlling what we can as much as possible. Um, and uh, together, uh, we're gonna help each other get through all of those uncertainties and all the related stress uh, that we're, we're all going through. Absolutely. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts, final comments? Um, I will just say I miss everybody and I miss their campus and um, it makes me realize, and maybe this is something I can leave everyone with, um, what are those things that you may have taken for granted before, right? Um, what are those things that this time of pause has made you appreciate that you miss, you know? and um, 
I think that we're going to go back to campus um, now, partially back, um, but and back virtually. But I think that um, we're going to all have grown in many ways. Uh, some that we we and we're just going to we're going to be we're all growing from this experience. We're growing together. Um, and I think this is going to make us appreciate each other in our community even more. And I look forward to connecting with you all virtually in your um, classrooms, in your um, student organization meetings, um, and activities going on through Zoom or other virtual platforms. So remember, we can still be socially connected even um, in the time of physical distancing and um, practicing safety. Uh, so um, I look forward to connecting with you all through our variety of resources that we have available. Awesome. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Orhani, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I just want to close. I just want to close out this episode by by reciting a quote, paraphrase for the for the most part. I found it online. I thought it was really uh, related, relatable to our episode today. It's a uh, it goes like this: uh, Human beings have a lot of capacity for resilience, but it's not unlimited. It's important that we look out for each other and help together. We have the capability of generating a lot of capacity to overcome adversity when we coordinate what we do and work together across many different levels not just individuals, but also as families and communities and states and governments by uh, Dr. Ann Master. So that was a really good quote. I want to end the episode on that. That was a beautiful, beautiful quote. We are a wonderful community. We are Red Hawks and we're in this together. And um, I wish you all a wonderful, yeah, we're all in it together. And I wish you all a wonderful semester. Please check out our CAPS website for all of our resources. Um, we are here for you. And I wish you a wonderful academic year ahead. Thank you very much, Dr. Wahwani. We want to hear from you guys, the community. How do you guys deal with stress? How do you guys develop resilience? Have you ever had a time where you encountered a stressful situation and you came out better for it? Let us know by filling out the voice memo included in the description below and your response can be featured on a future episode. Thank you and take care guys.